Welcome to the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast, where we discuss and analyze your favorite Marvel sports. From JMR Marble League to all go-do tournaments, we'll make sure you never miss the action. All Marble Sports, all the time, right here on the MSW Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Marble Sports Worldwide Podcast. My name is Brendan. And I'm Commander Wolf. Ooh, it's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Stuff has happened. Yeah. Our schedules have been rough. Things have happened in our lives. But we are back to discuss mm-hmm. some marbles. I do want to mention one thing before we get into any marble-related... Uh, uh, endeavors here and that is that I had uh, I can't believe I forgot to uh, mention this to you Wolf, but I had my most proud difficult gaming achievement ever in the last couple oh. weeks the hardest thing I have ever done the hardest thing I think that I know of in my people in my group of people I know in my life has ever done this is this, and that is beat this is level called Bausha Vortex is in Geometry Dash. It's right. I mean, ah. that level used to be in the top 10, top 50 hardest demons in the game. Now it's about uh, about 150. So it's really dropped because just harder and harder every year with that game. But that level took mm-hmm. so long to beat. Has quite the backstory um, for, I mean, probably for a different time. But briefly, mm-hmm. I kind of played the level. And I, when I started playing the level at first, by the way, um, if you want to really know what the level looks like, you should go my, my channel, Marble Guy, where I do GD stuff. I have my completion there and a couple of my fails. It's my most recent video, so you should watch it. You should enjoy it. I freak okay. out when I beat it, so we're talking a hilarious reaction. So if you're really <laughs> curious about um, how difficult the level is and everything, but just for the well, short awesome. of it. Awesome. man. Thanks, Waff. Um, for the short of the backstory... I started the level about two years ago when I was not nearly good enough for it. So it was like a big jump in difficulty for me. So I didn't really, um, for a while, I didn't get close to beating it. But then I, I was actually getting close. And I was playing with my right hand on mouse. And then I got 82%, which was a big fail because it was right before uh, it comes out of this very difficult part and goes to an easier part to end the level. So that was a tough fail. But um, the next day... Uh, I actually injured my hand playing the game because it was like during COVID, oh. I was, it was a day where I played for too long and my desk, the desk I had back then was really weird. It had like this outward curve to it and it was always digging into my wrist in the wrong way. So it like, all of a sudden my hand went numb and it was like bad and it took like long time for that to heal. So hmm. I went from 82 to really not being able to play the game for months. So what I did was actually learn how to play the game lefty. Um, because it was like months and months it was going to take for whatever I did to the nerves in my arm to, to fix itself. So I learned to play lefty because I didn't have anything to do. I was still just doing nothing during um, the pandemic time. It was still just a long time coming up that I was still just going to be home doing nothing. So I learned how to play the game lefty. It took a long time, but I actually beat some extreme demons easier than the one I'm talking about. But I, I, I built up skill lefty, and then I came back to the level lefty like eight months later. Then I then I spent a couple months practicing again, getting my skill up, getting good at the game, all excited, 
streaming here and there as much as I could, and it all worked up amazingly. And then the la it was the last day that I was at college before I went home. I did a little stream, and I died at the same place, 82 again. Oh my uh, god, the pain of that is unmatched because it was like a year later at this point. So then I kind of quit the game for a long time, and then I came back like within the last couple weeks. I and my right hand is good again, so I've been playing on up arrow, which is a little bit easier, just like on the keyboard clicking instead of putting it on my hand on the mouse. And I actually beat the level, and man, that it took like a hundred and eleven thousand five hundred and two attempts to put that level away. So that was um. That has been my biggest gaming achievement. Just want to share that with you again. You can check it out on my other channel if uh, that's if crazy. Interesting. That's really that's honestly really cool, dude. Like that determination, dude. I just wouldn't give up. Now that now that's interesting, but that's not what this intro is really for today. We have a we have something else we have to really address in this intro because last week um, or a couple weeks ago we had an episode where we really dove into uh, Mellow Meadows, and I thought that was one of our better episodes because we really dug into some revealing information about where jmr is going red eye and some of the techniques he used you know the balls of chaos the emerging teams oh rangers and some of the techniques they use but um term from the uh the big gets big takes podcast had a couple things that he thought um were me slipping in my information now um I caution him with at least some of the things he said here, because some of the things he said here are just wrong, or at least unfinished, and we're going to talk about them. And some of them, I think I, I, he might have misunderstood where we were going with some of our points, but I want to address these, just so we're addressing things that are that have importance to them before we get into today's topic. So he says, first off, um, actually not first off, but the biggest thing to me that he says um, he says this, he says, also, Rapidly is one of the best marbles of all time. Well, not the best at M1, there's still two silver medals in M1. I'm only 36 minutes in, but this is not correct information, man. Now, um, we have talked about Rapidly at length, and I'm going to go up into the Chrome here so we can actually pull up some stats here. I want, I want everyone to see okay. where we're going as far as this rapidly business cuz we have talked about rapidly at length and we have we have discovered we have. to an to the agreement of not just me and Waff but of other people who have emailed into the show that rapidly is not a good choice for Marbula 1 and yeah. in that we have actually said that rapidly is quite a good choice for marble league so for him to say rapidly is one of the best marbles of all time i mean i can agree to some degree in that and i didn't i didn't not agree with that in my, in the episode i did actually i remember talking about how good he was at sprint or whatever and he did bring a lot of skill in marble league the point I was making, however, was that he is not fit to be in Marbula 1. And not just that, not necessarily that he's not capable of being a choice. I'm saying that within the team that we're just talking about here, within the context of having all four of the Savage Speeders, or five even, as options to put into Marbula 1, it is not worth continually continuing to bang your head against the wall choosing rapidly when you have options like wispy um not wispy <coughs> sorry wizzy and you have options like um oh god what's the other guy velocity velocity yeah i was about to say like swishy or something but that's stupid swishy. velocity <laughs> but like when you have those options this is not worth continuing to use rapidly now i want to i want to talk about 
where where why we say not where why just why we say what we say about rapidly because because at first glance what term says is correct term says here he says he says well not the best m1 they still have two silver medals well two silver medals is good right how could you how could you possibly hate on a on a, in a marble that was able to achieve two silver medals when most <coughs> sorry a little tickle in my throat there <laughs> And most marbles over the course of Marbula 1 barely even achieve one bronze. Let's look at season one here. Now, season one, uh, we're gonna go, we're gonna scroll down here. We're gonna take a look at uh, um, not teams, we want to racers champions today. And then rapidly's up here. Now, I want you to see this here. So rapidly uh, picked up uh, two big silvers here in season one. I'm assuming that's what the gray 18 is for. Um, so two big silvers here in uh, season one, right off the bat. Then a big zero and a six. So so basically, if we dumb this down, we had two amazing races where Rapidly gets two second places. And then we have a terrible race where he gets zero points. And a mm -hmm. eh, if you want to still stay on the on a on a fair scale, a pretty terrible race again, getting six points. All right. Now because he had two amazing races and the season is only eight races and four per marble, um, he still scored six overall. So. Not bad. I know you You look further down, you're going to see a lot of zeros. You're going to see a lot of marbles who are lucky to even get in the top half. But remember, we're talking in the context of the team of the Savage Speeders. If Rapidly was on the, the Limers, I would say, by all means, Rapidly carries the team. But we're not talking about that. And we have to have context. We have to have more information than just single stats when we talk about something like should a marble compete or not compete in the following season? Should another marble be chosen? So that's season one. So we started great, ended terribly, ter not just bad, terribly for rapidly in season one. Now we're going to go over what we say on season two. Now, season two had a lot more races too. But let's go It look. did, like had four more? Yeah. Uh, now season two, we're going to take a look at the, the racers in and rapidly is a bit further down. He was 14th. Now, I I beg you to give me a good explanation as for how you can defend rapidly being the best choice out of four savage speeders to compete in Marbula One when the first four races in season two have big zeros. One of them not even qualified, I don't think. I think that's what the asterisk is. Yeah. Big zeros. He has a gold. He got a golden race, um, the last race, 12. And he had a bronze. And that's great. And the pedigree, if you only look at medals, is strong for rapidly, which is I can see why someone like Term would get confused or get a little bit um, or disagree. Because you think, well, we have the silver medals. We have the gold. We have the bronze. What, what are you saying? But every other race... Besides the ones where he puts medals on the table, are very bad races. You yeah. don't see four zeros in the standings until you scroll all the way down to lemon lime and hop here at the bottom. Even Mintry Drizel in thirty seventh did not have four zeros. Right, four zeros is not characteristic of racers in rapidly session it's just that he happened to also have a couple really shining races were they been a placing in the end in season two 14th um as an individual racer about so about uh, a little bit better than halfway down because they had a gold and a bronze and listen okay. listen I, I again i want to stress this if rapidly was on basically any other team except for like the cat size if rapidly's on the cat size then he wouldn't be a cat site anymore but because this is not acceptable but 
Um, if Bradley was on basically any other team, Rapidly would be praised. It would be like, wow, he's the diamond in the rough, right? He's the diamond in the rough pulling primary out of their sorrows, pulling the bumblebees up to a mid-pack, pulling the raspberry racers from the grave. You know, just just over and over, he would be praised for his work compared to the rest of the team, but he's on the Savage Beaters. Yeah. And from the Savage Beaters code, and this is and this is what we've always said, so I'm not changing my answer here. This is what I've always said about Rapidly, and it still holds up here based on stats. Based from the perspective of the coach of the Savage Beaters, based on the players, the athletes he has at his disposal, the best choice for season three after the performances in season one and two from Rapidly is not Rapidly. Because you have two savage beaters that you have un you have unknown you're unknowns about those two savage beaters and their performances in marbula one you don't know how wizzy or velocity will perform because they haven't participated in marbula one right but they're not bad bets they're not even mediocre bets we're talking about some of the best marbles in all of marble league and if rapidly can't hold up to do better than four zeros in six races then you need to try someone who is also top of the ladder in skill and might put forth a much better result and that's why if you had done that maybe the savage speeders are in the talking points for the coming episodes but no not this year let's make let's go let's take this further because it just gets worse for term here at least in this particular point you want to talk about season three i mean i can't even mention the savage speeders I can't even speak about them unless it's negatively in the context of these episodes anymore. Where's Rapidly? Let's find him. 27th. So we continue to drop. 480. What's impressive there? We still have another zero, by the way. He can't stop with the zeros. He still has another zero. But I mean, we got four and eight. I mean, that's not good at all. He can't even put the medals on the table that he at least did last season to, to fool some of you. I mean, it's not... It's not a racer that in the context of the team he's on, it doesn't make sense to strut him out there another season. Season four, absolutely not. When you have the the possibility of Wizzy and Velocity doing well. I know you don't know mm-hmm. for sure, but again, right. you have the, the, it's, it's a distinct possibility. It's not saying, okay, well, Sublime didn't work, so maybe Lemon Lime is going to be the next Speedy. I mean, that, that's not based in any useful information. But when you talk about Wizzy and Velocity, come on. I don't want to hear that term. I actually don't. I, I mean, and, and some of these other criticisms might hold a little more water, but I, I'm going to tell you what, that one is absolutely ridiculous. And I would ask you, you, he says at the end, y'all slipping, dude. Well, dude, I'd ask you to stop slipping around uh, when he tells the statistics. Okay? Please go well, back. They aren't, a, they aren't a math podcast. They aren't. But please at least look at the website. If you're going to make a claim, look at the website. All the stats are there. I found them within a second. And you explain to me how seven zeros in, in three seasons makes rapidly hold any water. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing know, something that you're that you're seeing. But uh, if <laughs> if I was a coach of the Savage Beaters uh, for season four, I would have Velocity or Wizzy slated already. And again, I would also be a little bit upset with Speedy, who's not doing as good as he could. Seven ten five, not very good. But mm. again, Speedy's at least more consistent. Speedy will not put zeros up on the board. Speedy also did very good in season one. Very good, not just good, very good. So and very continued good. it in season two. So. That case, I believe, is rested. Um, I would love to continue to argue that with Term because Term is one of my favorite people to argue with. 
But um, this is true. It's a true statement. But uh, I would like to hear how we would come back from that. I would like to hear what you could say. Because a zero is a zero. A zero will always be a zero. And if you have lots of those numbers, if you have lots of zeros on the board, then how can you possibly say what you're saying? Okay, let's see what else he has to say. So he also, um, I'm just kind of confused on this um, in general, but he also says um, the grid reset to the qualifier starting after the marbles came onto the track. Red Eye started first both times, and while they did fall back, they were in six when they got bumped back up to first because of the rogue marble. I don't. Do you understand what he's getting at there? Because I'm missing. Can that. you reread that again? He said. He said. Well, he says, dude, this episode is full of misinformation. After then telling me that rapidly should be uh, trotted back out there for season four, but uh, but uh, neither here nor there. Um, he says the grid to re- grid re- the grid reset to the qualifiers starting after the marble came onto the track. Red Eye started first both times, and while they did fall back, they were in sixth when they got bumped back up to first because of the rogue marble. Yeah, because the, 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 the marble, the fan who got on the track, that's what he means. Like, basically, right. like, like, the fan got on the track, he fell back to six, but then they reset, and he's back at first again. But what was his point there? We didn't we didn't really address that. I don't know. Like, like, so, like, I remember I listened to Bigot's Big Takes, and I think, like, uh, Sky did, like, some big old, like, mathematical yeah, like, wait, wait, thing. Yeah, wait, before so, you explain this, he actually has some more words on what you're about to say. So I'm going to read these first, and then oh, we okay. can uh, continue. He says, we did a comprehensive breakdown of where marbles yeah, were we before go. the red flag and how they ended up after the red flag, and talked about how Red Eye basically got a free pass because of the rogue marble invading the track and then pull, put out two episodes after this race breaking down the qualifiers in the race mostly while making jokes about the lore shit i i don't wh- what is his point here he's saying that um, he's saying that so that all, all our statements about red eye are invalid because he got a free pass because they got to restart when he started out badly I I'm not sure. I feel like 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 I can I think I I gotta go back and re-listen, but I don't think we actually really addressed the restart as being substantial enough. And like he said, like well, no, it was more substantial was that, than was you that realized. In the qualifiers, that was not even in the main race then, right? No, no, no it, was, it was in the main. It was in the main race. It was in the main race. Well, well, I'm, okay, just for uh, um, and I know this intro is going long, but we've had long intros lately because we've had reasons. Um, I want to. I just want to. I just want to see what I'm missing because because here here okay here, here's my first refute to that. We just didn't cover that. I spent um, um, no comments about these uh, things, by the way, from term, but I spend lots of time talking about the techniques of Red Eye during the race, uh, Clementon during the race, Clutter during the race, um, the uh, some of the other uh, unexpected teams during the race, where JMR is going, you know, how this race is revealing. So we did a very deep analysis of that one motion mm-hmm. Red Eye had, that, that kind of uh, pinch, pinching motion. That we kind of mm-hmm. still looking for a name for, but um, pincher, pinch, whatever. But we spent a lot <laughs> of time there and on the race itself. And by the way, I also want to say this because this is true. This is what I did say, um, and you can you know people don't have to agree with this particular statement, but this is what I did say. I did make the point that I believe the best analysis for marbles in their their racing, their um, in their overall racing of a race happens after lap one. Once the marbles have stratified, because I really didn't talk about, um, and I kind of, I kind of reframed it. So if you miss me say this, it, it might have been confusing. But I reframed starting position to their position after lap one. I kind of, I don't know how well I made that transition, but I did say something like that. I remember mentioning that, um, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm going to pretend, not pretend, but I'm going to an- analyze the starting position of these marbles from the from the uh 
this the reference point of the end of lap one because that's where the stratification has happened. So if you if you if after lap one, if you're in eighteenth and you work up to first, it's a lot more impressive than if you're in the starting gate and then you jump right out to first from the starting gate and all that commotion and you make that jump. Still both impressive, but again, working your way up is mo- and we kind of worked we were we were a lap one post analysis really. So the red flag and all of that um did not really come into our analysis which means any comments about that i feel are 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 a little bit at least not necessarily invalid but not pertinent to where we went with the show i, I so i'm a little confused like, at that like, i mean i mean really that one might hold some water maybe we could maybe we should have talked about it but i mean then you say rapidly should be in next season and i'm like bullshit all right let's go let's at least take a look at the honey uh the mellow meadows so like I'm a, I'm a, I brought up like the lore aspect of it again, but like for me I didn't like the only one, the only one on the show who even caught it like I because I listened to the show is Sky they they wouldn't have caught it if Sky didn't mention anything it's like hey like actually like if you looked at like the way like they were progressing like they're technically the positions changed a little bit in the first lap which I mean yeah that could affect the overall race but like one like it, like like it was the first lap so it can change and two he even brought this up as like more likely that interference thing that happened was recorded after the race like which we we've known this for a long time like they like these interferences that physically can't happen were all staged like they ha- like out of rule play here like they're all just planned ahead of time so it's not like it actually legitimately affected the race in any way well, i'm just trying to get a sense here so in the, in the regular race and, and red eye gets off to a rough start here um I, okay so then they had the thing so the marble scene and then when um Reddit, by the way, is in second when the marble scene for the first time. Race will be stopped, and 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 Red Eye is still in second here. So I'm really, really missing. Now he drops back to third. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, the race has already been decided. What is he talking about? The rogue marble. Red Eye is still in second here. Red Eye is in second at the end of the first lap. Right, and then at the restart, they fall back a lot farther. Then, then I don't understand what his point is, because because my my whole analysis was built off the fact that Red Eye had a lot of work to do and did it well and made up all those places. Same with Clementine. That was that was the basis of my analysis, starting from that yeah. and how he did it. So where is my? Yeah. I'm missing where I am bringing incorrect information because not only did I not really cover the restart, it's I was making points on how good Red Eye was at making up places. Yeah, like, I'm not really sure what he's talking about. Like, like, I'm assuming like, like he thought we, we should mention it more, which like, I guess we could Because he like, finished... Like... Reddit was in second after the first lap, and then after this one, he, he had a rougher start. But then right. but and then my just... the, my episode... The episode was basically playing, praising Red Eye and the wonderful things he did. So where... Yeah, like... In, 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 in I don't what know what case... he's... I don't know what he's complaining about either. Wait, and he might I'm, be wrong I, here because Red Eye's now in fourth still. I, I don't I don't know... I, we didn't talk about qualifiers... Oh no! It looks yeah, like no. he's down to fifth. Maybe this is where he get he ends lap one at sixth. And I and I and I'm very very confident that when I talked about the starting point of Red Eye, that I actually talked about him being. I don't. Even, he's not even in sixth when he finishes his lap. He's in fourth. I don't actually understand what what term is getting that. And if he's talking about the qualifiers, we didn't even talk about them because honestly, I think those are usually not worth discussing. I. Like- <laughs> Term will message us definitely if he listens to this episode. You can try and explain it more in yeah, detail dude, to us. Dude, again. you're gonna have to. You came out very hot, and for a second, I was like, "Whoa, maybe I did get a lot of things wrong." But I'm, I'm, 
that's why I wanted to spend this time doing it. Because if you, if I had done this and you had been right about both things, or at least very, very valid about both things, I would be like, okay, but I'm really confused about what you're saying in the first thing. Um, if you're talking about the qualifiers, we didn't cover those because I don't really talk about those. Um, or if I do, I do briefly. And so if you thought we were talking about qualifiers when we were talking about main race, I'm sorry, but we don't really, that those aren't, those are important, but not really worth that much time. Um, in my opinion. And then, um, rapidly is just, that's just wrong. I, I don't listen. If that's your opinion, I'd love to argue you, but that's just not, that just doesn't hold, doesn't hold water. I don't really care. Um, how many medals you put on the table if you're consistently half your races are zeros or two-thirds of your races are zeros on a season and i have at my disposal two of the most uh uh pedigreed marbles in in all of marble sports Wizzy velocity good job guys then i'm going to give them a shot because the savage speeders want to win you always have to keep in mind what is the goal and the resources of the team i mean savage speeders are going to win and they have great options at their disposal. Why they would leave rapidly in, especially after this current season, the way it's going, unbelievable and not um, logical in my opinion. But again, it's also my opinion. I don't really know. The red flag doesn't really mean anything either because, again, I based my analysis off at the end of the first lap. So I, I don't know. But whatever. Term, I would love to hear from you. Um, wonderful as always. Um, thanks for at least uh, giving some thought to it. Um, uh <laughs> I, I, I'm a little confused though, for sure. That's a long intro, 25 minutes. But yeah. I mean, it, but but it wasn't really an intro um, as it was it's more... basically just another discussion. A good part of the episode, I, but I wanted the news to be after I dressed term, I, I guess. I, dude, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't know if I want to... Like, do I want to talk about me? I don't know if I want to talk about me. <laughs> um, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the news, and then we're going to begin the next part of the episode with you talking about you. And then we'll get okay, into fine. the Honey Dome stuff. So without further ado, guys, let's go to the news. And when we come around, we'll hear from Waff and we'll hear, um, we'll hear our thoughts on Honey Dome, read some emails, and get you guys out of here. Marble Sports fans! I'm Commander Wolf, here with the Marble Sports Worldwide News. It's been a while, so let's get right to it. Race 6 of Marble 1 Season 3, the Honey Dome, was quite interesting, as this was very much an open and shut race, at least when it comes to the first place. Royal got out to a very early lead, and they just never lost it. As a result, the real battle of this race was for second place. And what a battle it was! Right up until the very end, there was no real way of knowing just who was going to get it. By the end of the race, Royal got a very obvious first place finish, with a total of 6.23 seconds over second place. And after intense competition, Bumble came in second, followed by Clementon in third. And now for the Racing Marble League! Race 4 of Season 3 marked the return of the Camber Canyon Raceway, and the results of this race were quite shocking. This classic track proved to be too much for some of our veterans, with Crimson Lady finishing in 17th place. On the other end of the spectrum, the rookie Swirly continues to dominate the competition and finish in first, followed by Serpent Smart in second, and Rampage in third. With another impressive performance under Swirly's belt, and Crimson Lady bombing this competition, it seems like Crimson Lady might just not actually be our repeat champion this year. It's still not impossible, but the gap has gotten wider and wider to the point where there's really no more room for error. 
if Crimson Lady is going to defend their title, they better get a perfect performance and hope that the ones above them don't do very well. Well, that's all the news. Thanks for listening. I'm Commander Wolf. You are the best fans in the world. Let's kick it on back with the podcast. All right, we are back from the news, and thank you to our news anchor, unnamed, unknown, no one could ever understand <laughs> who it is. And um, who could it be? Ooh, yeah, it's a mystery that uh, um, I could never unravel. But we are back, and um, I will say also a thank you to Nordic uh, um, Whaler. <laughs> Edu says intro became podcast wars. Actually, that's a great idea. I would love um, and term if you're listening to this still. Um, or anyone from the Big Gets Big Takes, uh, maybe reach out about this. It'll be fun. We should really make our intros to the show. I don't know if you have a set intro because I don't think I don't know if you do a news segment, but um, like our our intros to the show should lead with some sort of like feud of uh, opinions between us. That would be a oh lot of fun. Gosh. I think that would be a lot of fun. Think about how then we would we would get cross listening, cross listener engagement, and everything. Um, we should talk about that. And also, it's fun. It's always fun to yell at at. Uh, there's always fun to yell. Um, uh facts that are podcasters is a lot of fun but um nordic whale also posts um all the pedigree of rapidly as a marble league um uh contender and uh it's all valid and it all is um worthy of argument because i rapidly is on my team if i'm going into the marble league i'm just saying that uh, we have to be careful about how we view the stats in m1 because rapidly a lot better in the marble league let's just say but Oh yeah, um, season two swiftly, swiftly. Uh, I forgot about swiftly. Um, I guess he was the backup at this point, or or I know that one of the Marvels' names changed, so maybe Wizzy was was or became oh, swiftly, swiftly or a lot. Whatever you want to call it, or maybe there's a, I don't know. You have to look. Swifty, whatever. Swifty. But um, in any in any event, uh, moving on from that. Well, why don't you tell us what's going on with you, and then we'll, and then we'll talk about some emails. All right. Well, this is kind of a. A strange change in mood, but like, because like, you know, talking about why we've been delayed, uh, like recently, uh, my grandmother, my mom's side passed away. That's why, uh, I couldn't do last week's show. I, I had to go do her funeral, and like, I'm honestly, it, she's had like, it was her time to go, you know, she she lived a long life, and I'm honestly, I'm happy for her that she's like, you know, she that her pain is over and she's moved on to the next life, reunited with her husband, and like our family like it was a good, it was a good funeral very happy one honestly more of a celebration of their life rather mm. than mourning and I, I i i hope my funeral can be like that like i lived a full life and people are just there to celebrate what i like the things i've done and how much i've infected their lives that's really what i want um but on a more positive note uh i graduated college and Yay! my senior design project got second place <laughs> look at you go man second place Look at you! Yeah, you're like Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I didn't expect us to do that well. So like, just seeing all that hard work. Pay neither off, did it, Bumble. It's, it's <laughs> neither did. <laughs> oh wow! You walked right into that one. Um, you, I did just a bit. Uh, well, that, I'm congr- It's good to hear that. Congratulations on graduating college. That's a big deal. You're now a Thank official you. adult. 
and congratulations. I've been an ad- hey, I've been an official adult for a but while, but like a after college adult, which takes on a different. Sure, vibe. okay, I get what you mean. I um, get what you mean. I can, I know that for sure because everybody adult I know who's after college was always like, "Oh my god, you're still in college!" So I know it takes on a different vibe when you're past. True, true, true. But um, good to hear. Good to hear. Now, now I'm gonna start with some email. We only have a couple of emails, mswpodcast at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you, talk about anything. Talk about literally anything, because we remember, the point of this, um, the side quest, I guess you could say, of this show is to engage in any way with people who are also into Marvel. So if you have something non marvels to talk about, we like to talk about it, because we're engaging with you, not with just the Marvels. Um, someone in the live chat says, a rapidly should be replaced by Velocity there, and you know what? I would tend to agree there. Um... But we also want to hear from you, so mswpodcast at gmail.com. So um, anyway, um, we got a couple emails here. We're going to roll through these. So let's start with Richard. He's got an interesting little question. So he says, starting the Adventure Marble League. By the way, if you don't know, because he's been messaging about this forever, the Adventure Marble League is a um, thing he runs on his channel. I think it's called Richard Hinckley. I think his channel is just called that or something like that. So you're interested mm-hmm. but he runs that on his channel so um he always writes in and asks us questions because we're marble sports connoisseurs or whatever i don't know whatever you want to get. i mean come on we're at like almost 150 episodes here we can use that word and um yeah, yeah. he uh, is a marble sports creator so he says starting the adventure marble league finals in the seven events this week what order do you think i should do the events in he says dice push which is like block pushing grand prix lap racing sprint race paper track race long jump uphill challenge and balance what would be the best microphone to get to record voiceover for the events well if you have a little bit of money the best microphone you could get is uh um uh brendan for commentator that's that's been working pretty well for uh, a few other channels i will say um so i'm just just messing uh, though I've been really enjoying doing um, RML and races and fun. And now uh, We Race Diecast, We Race Marvels is going to get going soon. So that's exciting. Um, but um, if you don't, um, a Blue Yeti. I found the Blue Yeti to work and it's cheap enough that it's not crazy. Eventually, I'd love to get one of those, like the Shure SM7B, which is like 500 bucks. But I mean, for the time being, the Blue Yeti serves all purposes and the voice still comes in clear and no one really complains about it. Um, just make sure you, you know, you put the audio filters on and whatnot and should be fine yeah but, um but like, like just a tip here yeah. like like i use like the 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 um at 2020 xlr mic it's about 100 bucks and then interface yeah i'd get for an xlr i could it's maybe like 150 but like any mic like like what's more important is the environment you're recording in like you could like if i was recording this without all my sound dampening stuff around me it would sound like garbage so like the, the most important thing for your audio quality is not even your mic it's the un, the environment you're recording in yeah um and then so just to answer the rest of your question uh and mike uh, uh waff's audio sounds pretty good too so that that works out but here we go um he says seven events so i would say you want to start with something consistent but something that's not just uh um you know uh like expected so i think balancing or long jump is a good start because you want to you know jmr does a similar type thing they don't really start with a racing event um i think that ending with the grand prix is always good ending with lap racing is good unless you have the ability to make a really long marathon race which i don't know if you have that ability as much as jmr might so i would say lap racing is best for the end um, and then in the middle, you want to kind of alternate a bunch. So sprint race might come good second because that's always one something you want to do early on. Um, and then follow it by like um, probably something like balancing, 
because that's still um, a lot of uh, simple movement, more just skill. And then something like dice push, um, paper track race, something more. You want to put the more absurd or less conventional events um, in the context of Marvel Sports in that two-thirds area. So between, like, if you have eight events, you want to put the weirder ones between five and seven because that's when people are like, all right, we got the basic stuff at the beginning. We're ending with the great marathon. Put that weirder stuff um, later on. So, like, block pushing falls there, uphill challenge, whatever that might be, um, paper track race, that stuff's going to kind of fall um, kind of two-thirds in. Um, weird that I can even give any analysis just based on the names of the events. But again, I think everything has a pattern and some patterns work. And even if some patterns don't seem to like they need to work, it's just what we're used to. And so if you want to appeal to people who are used to marble sports, they're very used to seeing something like sprint early on, something like block push later on, something like um, something new kind of in the two thirds, three fourths into the uh, tournament kind of place. So I'm just trying to warn you that. Um. Uh, but that's that's all I got. I want any uh, comments about that. Uh, your mic is kind of something's wrong with it. What's going on? My bad. I forgot to turn. I forgot to turn my game. I was drinking water. My bad. I was just gonna say. Oh, uh, what was going on there? But. Sorry. Um, anyway, I was just like I was just saying I sent him an email reply earlier just because I figured he wanted to film as soon as possible. So I was like, hey, um, the like, environment's important. I use XLR, so if you want to go for that, go for that. USB is good for go for high end stuff, I guess. And then just like also do whatever order you want. That's really like I, like you definitely give me a better response for the in terms of the order of events. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Um. And, and Snowy, I have an email from Alex, but before I'm doing the email, um, and uh. Uh, live chat people who are talking about Honey Dome were about to get there. I just almost threw these emails, um, but we're going to Honey Dome. We're going to talk about Clementin. I'm really excited about Clementin. Um, and uh, same with Yellow Eye, but we'll get there. Um, Alex also says something in the chat I found interesting. He says, Marvel Sports' new era is 2020 plus, he says. He says, Middle Ages, he would call 2017 and 2019, and he would say, um, anything earlier is an OG Marvel Sports. Now, um... I when, would like when when twenty sixteen be the start because like I feel like Marvel Sports really was started by JMR in terms of how like they did the production value of it so twenty sixteen would be the start right this is what I would say um um I would reframe those wordings a little bit so um I don't know what I don't know what you want to call what's before the Middle Ages like the first age um but anything before twenty sixteen I would consider the 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 early days the rudimentary age of marvel sports because that's when you had homemade videos that's when you got a little bit of got a little bit of sand rally in the 2015 area stuff like that that's when commentary wasn't like really a thing um so that would be the rudimentary age um middle ages i would call 2016 to about um the end of 2020 because the end of 2020 is where a lot of things started changing um, but the middle ages was that kind of golden age. It started. So people freaked out. It trended on Twitter. New things kept coming every year. JMRC fan team contest. But then it was the end of 2020 kind of coming into 2021 where things broke down. It was the end of 2020 itself had some rough pockets, but JMR still came out on top for those. But it was after that where things broke down in the context of, uh, um, you know, JMRC falling apart and, um, Dion and all that stuff going down. So I would say that new era kind of started at the beginning of 2021, really. Um, 
Uh, Marvel Sports was kind of a thing before 2016, but not in the way JMR did it. It was not really Marvel Sports before 2016. It was Marvel Racing, right. and then it became Marvel Sports in 2016. Um, but mm-hmm. we can go on and on about that. But I'm going to read Alex's uh, email. Alex was Alex was specifying that he meant more in terms of, like the fans. Like it's like it's like like the new like a new wave of fans comes in and it's like like different different eras or like what they what what they have seen and also what they have grown up with and so I kind of get what he means there. Maybe um but then yeah then you get into a lot of uh, just uh, details there and then to expound on all of that would be very messy. But uh, for another time, that's a cool that's a cool idea for a different a slower time in Marvel sports. But uh, Alex writing in email, he says a lot of things to say. He's a subject. So he says, oh, and this one's a long one. So strap in, everybody. Here we go. So he says, okay, I want to preface this by saying this will kind of be my dumping ground now for emails. And I'll just kind of throw thoughts out there and you can consider them as much or as little as you want to go uh, to go as fast or as go as slow as you want. Well, I tend to like your emails. So I kind of see them as their own segment at this point. This is the Alex email segment. It's time for the Alex email segment. It's within the email segment, but it's just Alex. <laughs> and then the end of the Alex, we go back out, but then we have to go back out again. It's like d- double parentheses if you want to look at it like that. Um, I also might send like three emails in the same week. Well, then it's going to get a little excessive. So fit it all into one or we're going to stop with the Alex email segment. Alex email segment. So keep it a one. Um, and I know you're hearing this because <laughs> oh you're in the live chat right now. Good. Okay, so, and I'm fine with you saving some of reading one and a half emails, whatever floats your boat. Um, I'm ignoring Dion for the time being. Thank God, because that would be another hour of uh, reading. Um, okay, first, dumb thought. New team name ideas, Brendan. You can use these if you want for RML. We already have our really decided for RML, but I'll read these. Pizza Rollers, Team Radioactive, Bloodshot Zombies, Venomous Vipers, Burning Magma, Arctic Penguins. I like Arctic Penguins, okay. Salty Sailors, Team Eclipse. I don't mind Team Eclipse I like Eclipse Venomous either. Vipers and Team Eclipse. Those two I like. I don't like Venomous Vipers. Oh, really? I feel like I feel like Venomous... I feel like Vipers is either needs to by itself or Venomous... You need, like, another V word, but, like, half the syllables. I don't know. Just hmm. my thought. But he says, not all of these are the best. Some of these I had JMR in mind. Some of them I have Fubic and, and RML in mind. Um, okay. Well, I don't know what that means, but sure. With more of the funny names. Oh, yeah, because, like, Fubica would work really well with Salty Sailors, actually. Um, I will give them that for the way they go, but that's why. Speaking of names, Purple Rockets. I think Brendan said in the previous episode, but with the names, you'd be able to visualize the marble with the name and and should be somewhat unique. Alex, not going to lie, game show time. Okay, I don't know where we're going, but let's do it. One (laughs) One of these things is not like the other. Savage Speeders, Noxious Ivy, Team Galactic, Purple Purple Rockets. I'm assuming the, the, the answer here is going to be Purple Rockets. Because he said Purple Rockets yeah. early in the email. I don't know what's going on. But um, Savage Peter's Noxious Ivy, Team Galactic, Purple Rockets. Well, I feel like the Purple Rockets is the answer here because the other three are named very well. He says, like, bruh, my issue is three things. Could You could replace the purple with anything and have it stay relatively the same. That's fair. That's a That's a more profound True. point than you think. The name loses... The name... The name does not gain any additional um, uniqueness or additional kind of pizzazz just by adding the word purple. And every word in the name of a team should add something to it. Like, for example, Amethyst Alliance. Without the word Amethyst, 
it loses a lot of its pizzazz. Without the word alliance, though, it also loses a lot of its uniqueness. It's it, Alliance kind of indicates something a little different than just team, right? Or like, right. what's another? Savage speeders. Without speeders or savage, you have a completely different team. But without purple, if you had green rockets or yellow rockets, you don't change the uniqueness by removing that word. word. So actually, Alex, that was right. quite a... It was quite a valid point. I really like that. Um, two, he says, there's no alliteration or any ring to the name. That is, man, I should just have him, uh, I just have him correct all the teams. <laughs> this is, these are the two things that I look for when I look for team names. So I don't, um, this, there's not even anything for me to add beyond what he's saying here. There's no alliteration or any ring to the name, which isn't usually an issue. It's literally the most basic name, color and fast. Reminds me of the blue fastics. Ugh, don't even say that name. Like how boring these names sound. Fast reds, quick greens, etc. They have no correlation. I agree. It's kind of yeah. It doesn't stick out. It doesn't even ring well. Like you can have a simple name, but if it rings well, it's okay. Um, at least with teams like the exactly. At least with teams like the Green Ducks and Indigo Stars, it makes a bit more sense. I agree, especially the Green Ducks. That sounds good. Uh, put put in Amethyst Alliance. It's so much better of a name than Purple Rockets. Even something shorter, Amethyst Allies. I think alliance goes well with the word amethyst, though. So I, I even even though it's longer, I still stick with that. But I get your idea, and they're both good. But I want the Purple Rockets name to leave the league. But as Brendan said, it's fun to have a team you hate. That's true. Good stopping point. <laughs> Next time topic. I want Team Plasma back. All right, Alex. Brendan, in the four point nine seven seconds, in four point nine seven seconds, what do you think of Team Plasma? I think they're okay. I guess is all the seconds I have. Um, <laughs> I think that was. I, that was probably, a, I don't know. I, I think I have like two more seconds. They haven't been around in a while. All right, so there you go. <laughs> uh, they are not a Hugh Belimo team, by the way. I know. I'm I'm a longtime podcaster of JMR. I think I would, I'd better know that, Alex. <laughs> Waf, your thoughts as well, but I understand that Brennan is going to have a much stronger opinion. Go ahead, Waf. Well, you are wrong there because for the first time ever, Brendan didn't actually go off on a tangent. Well, I only had uh, 4.97 seconds there. I think it would be interesting to have, like, more returning teams, like, just to spice things up. But, like, at the same, like, I don't know. Like, there are, there are plenty of teams, too, who people want, like, the people want the Golden Lores back. People want the Quicksilvers back. And, like, I guess, why does Team Plasma deserve it more than them? I guess that's a fair question. Oh, to address something I do said, by the way, yeah, I understand that his a emails take up a lot of space. I always think he brings up interest, sorry, interesting and random enough topics that they that they do have some fun marble relation to kind of keep the episode interesting, though. Um, because this is becoming more of a regular thing and not just... Because it used to be like he used to send in a normal email and then every once in a while he would go off. So if this is becoming a regular thing, I'm probably just going to have his emails more like at the end and make sure we cover stuff earlier. But again, that transition is kind of happening as we go because it was only the last few times that we've it's really become a regular thing for him to to um to write a book to us each time. So uh, okay, okay. But the more time we talk about this, the less time we have to talk. I just about want the show, that so to be understood on. because um uh, he do makes a good point. But again, he's within the transition period. But um, here's what I think. I can hear Brendan's head shaking. <laughs> that has a sound. Wow. Can you hear a head shaking? You get my point. Can you hear that shaking? Is that what he wanted to say? It like look away and say it. Is that the point? If you do it fast, enough, um, this isn't a random thought so much, Brendan. If you disagree with the points, I'm happy to hear a rebuttal, and we can debate. I'm rather passionate about this, unless you like Team Plaza. Lol. I don't mind. We need a red team. In my opinion, now, right now, we have Rojo Rollers and Savage Speeders. Savage Speeders is not really red anyway. Red is, in my opinion, a very important color. I can't describe this, but red is a color that feels like a top tier color. 
Well, it's a basic color, so it has to be around. Not even sure how to describe it, but we need another red team. This is an opinion, but yeah. Well, Two. I mean, red is one of the the, the main three colors, like the red, like the, like the color wheels and like how colors and screens are displayed. So that makes some sense. But also, red, red psychologically, you you are naturally inclined to see it as an aggressive color. So like it it's it is a good color for racing. So I can see where he's coming from there. Um, okay, yes, sure. Two, the name in the world where purple rockets and minty maniacs are the bar for names. Team Plasma is a breath of fresh air. Say it. The name of the name Rojo rolls. Good pun off the tongue so well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Plasma. It does. It does. It does. Three performance in the year they were in. In the four qualifying events, they got last in curling, which hardly matters in the current marble league. I love curling. They got first in snow rally, which does matter quite a bit. And that's fair. In the ice dash, they got blocked and finished third in the group. Finally, in the half pipe, they failed hard. But in my opinion, the pieces are still there. Well, a great argument you made for that. They got a total of 12 <laughs> points, which is an average of sixth. But they got a gold medal in the hardest group um, to, to quali out of. Even if you disagree, Glaciers did worse than them and still had an amazing run this year. Listen, I, 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 I like the team. They, they don't. There's nothing unique enough about them where I'm like, whoa, you know, not like how they gliding glaciers, which just I, I, they always stuck out to me. But the team, if they came back, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, I don't want to see them. I would love I would rather them than the Purple Rockets. So I give you that. But um, I'm hoping I'm pulling for you maybe one day. But that will kind of do it for the Alex segment. Um, again, for the sake of those who actually want to hear about Honeydome and, and the, the future versions of yeah. Honeydome in the context of what I'm saying. In future episodes, Alex's email segment. Now this is becoming more of a thing. Will probably be more of a after we've done everything else type of thing. But yes. um, that was something we kind of learned as we went the last few weeks. But um, well, if I'm gonna drink the soda while you uh, kick off Honey Dome and what you want to talk about. All right, Honey Dome was a very interesting race in that. I don't. I think we can all agree. No one expected Royal to absolutely destroy the competition the way they did. Like, man, that was ridiculous. Six seconds. That's. I. I don't know if that's. Be- I don't know if that's better than one of Red Eyes finishes in season two, but it's definitely up there at the very least. And then like. Bumble, like, oh my, Greg has to bring up the host curse again, uh, but, that's a, that's but but Bumble destroy so that hopefully once and for all because I'm just sick and tired of hearing about the stupid host curse. I feel like I feel like it's it's a cyclical commentary at this point. Every time, every time, Greg's like, "Oh my God, this marble looks like he's gonna break the host curse." There he did. Well, it's happened so many times that like, how can you even say there is a host curse when it seems like every time you mention this, it's broken. There was never a host curse to begin with, uh, fool. I don't understand. It. Uh, but and then the the last thing that I think the greatest. I don't know if this is the. I think this is the first time actually it's ever been said. Like at the very end of the race, Greg Wood said Galak fifth. That he said it. <laughs> and like like in so many things had like like the Starry got like fifth place. The team moved up to fifth place overall. I think uh, Starry also moved up to fifth place in the individual standings. Like. They d- there were so many fives back to back to back. It really, it like, really is just it, it, you almost can't even believe it. I mean, like it's ridiculous, right? 
I love it. This is why I love marble sports. It's like these random stupid things that don't shouldn't happen end up happening by random chance consistently, and it actually creates this narrative of like these marbles being good. It's like it's like Helios from from MSPN's Marble Mayhem. Like it's completely simulated, which means it's the most random marble race you can get. And yet Helios consistently was the best racing marble in the competitions somehow. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but somehow it always works itself out. But um, that's, I mean, that, again, that's why I'm in a Marvel Sports, because there's enough uh, pull to it that, like, it's like, man, like, Savage Beaters keep doing good. Red Eye keeps doing good. Like, what? how does that make any sense? But um, it's always, it, it really is cool when that works out like that. Um, let's talk about um, the three teams really quick here who we really pointed out last time. Now, remember last time we saw three teams that really separated themselves from the pack? And we're going to get into the course itself and the rating for that. Mm-hmm. But, but I want to mention these three, um, which were, of course, Arrangers, Crazy Cat Size, and uh, Balls of Chaos. Now, those teams stood out, and those teams are way ahead compared to... I mean, the fourth-place team also being Cobalts, and with the win they had, that could that could shake things up a little bit. We have a lot of time left in this season, but... Those are the three teams that have, that emerged last week. And funnily enough, um, besides Balls of Chaos, who really struggled to get out of the mid-pack there, and and that was a, and it all kind of lines up with what we said last week, though. Because it, I mean, even at that, we talked about last week that Balls of Chaos was able to have such a good raise because of the fact they got out of that mid-pack, they got out to a lead early and had a lot of open space to work with because they're strong racers, but they struggle when they get stuck in the mid-pack. And what happened this time? Tumult did not get out of the mid-pack early on. They were 8th, ninth early on, and they dropped around, and they couldn't ever dig themselves out because they didn't have enough mm-hmm. space. Um, Cobalts did get that space and, wow, really ran with it. But, Seriously. Um, we see the pattern there of how we discussed of the Balls of Chaos last week. Now, a couple other fun things to, to mention is um, O-Rangers and um, and Crazy Cat Size, um, again, keeping consistent with form of how we described them last week. O-Rangers, of course, incredibly uh, patient and persistent, and Yellow Eye um, just incredibly, I mean, more in the patient side. I, w- I would say Yellow Eye was more patient, while Clementine was more persist- uh, persistent in this race. It goes team to team. I know we talked more about Red Eye and... Uh, um, of course, the uh, who was the who, who raced last week for the Orangers? Orangin, Orangin. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we talked about them in the context of these traits, but the traits kind of are team encapsulating. So, I mean, again, similar stuff. I mean, we see that crazy persistence from the Orangers, but a calm and collected persistence that 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 gains positions one by one, and and you'll notice, and and this is oddly true, but it's tr- it really is true that the Rangers really do have a tendency to kind of stay to the middle of the track. I mean, every time I see them on the mm-hmm. screen, they're always kind of holding the middle, finding lines, and when Marbles kind of zig and zag around, um, the Rangers are always kind of there to, to to pass if there's that open space. But on the other side of the coin, um, the Crazy Cat size race a little different, and they're not very middle-of-the-track oriented, while they're more like extremely precise and calculated on how they take their turns they're they very very often always hit every turn with uh, maximum effectiveness meaning like they're going to hit the the curves and the banks and and the uh, the, the 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 lanes the sides of the lanes in the best places to hit them so the most speed is gained 
And they kind of settle into this groove where their focus just becomes, let me make sure I run out of the turns really quickly. Like, look, look, red, yellow eye here. Runs really good in that embankment, really good on that next turn. Just kind of finds the groove and curves with it and, and lets it kind of carry him around. It just keeps that consistency up the whole race. And then kind of will find... Well, usually it just has to be patient. Just has to be patient until other marbles mess up to get around, which is mostly what happens. But we'll kind of find lines, you know, in between times doing that. And most of Yellow Eyes passes will happen either with calculated, patient moves on the curves or with very, um, um, the more of the risk is taken on the straights for Yellow Eyes. So, I mean, the, the, the racing styles are fun to see. Um, but both of those strategies coming from veteran racers like these really pay off with making up ground and holding ground when other marbles are really coming out fast and um, with uh, gusto, um, whatever whatever was in Bumble's breakfast that morning, whatever, was very, um, uh, was very, very dynamic, I guess is the word for it. But um, yeah, it, those are the racing styles I kind of see from these two marbles. And, and just kind of keep an eye on that when you're watching the races because cause you'll see it. Like, look at, look at, Look at um, Orin, uh, Clementon there as he tries to stay in the middle, even coming down that straight, where most marbles will kind of linger to the side. And then look at Yellow Eye continuing to, to run every curve smoothly. That's a smooth curve right there. Goes inside, you know. And it, you know, it's it's really it really is nice to um, to see some of the styles kind of emerge. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I saw. Yeah, very smooth racing. Uh, other big things to talk about are the uh, the comebacks, like like, like Momo, for instance, fell at eighteenth at one point, but then they finished all the way up in the mid pack. Uh, what was it again? Was it I believe it was eighth that they managed to finish in? Uh, for for Team Momo. Um, yeah, and didn't Momo like set a new record or something with the uh, qualifiers or the first one to undercut the previous year's record? Uh, Something like that. they finished ninth. Uh, I don't. I don't remember them anything about them undercutting a record. Like, no, there like, was like a um, like, there was a record from the previous year, and I believe Momo, or like was Momo the first one to be under? He was either the first one to be under twenty nine or the first one to be under that previous year's lap record, which was like twenty nine point four. Hmm. No, first one to be. Oh under yeah, I do remember him saying something about that. Yeah, I yeah. I, I gotta go back and hear that again. But like, by the way, I want to point I this out right. while we're here because I mean I know I just said earlier on that I usually don't like to talk that much about qualifiers, but again this this is uh this is just brief. Um, man, Bumble came off that that turn rough there, but um, the it was amazing to me. The track got shorter. Uh, that, you says. Wait, the track was so actually shorter why. this year. Yeah, so that probably explains that would explain why Momo beat the record, I guess. <laughs> the track is actually shorter this year. How much shorter? Apparently. Is it? Then why would Greg bother mentioning the previous year's record? Honestly, Maybe because I was about I was about to point out that was like there was like ten marbles undercut the best record from last year's lap time in the qualifiers for this track, and then like ten marbles undercut that record. Ten marbles were like twenty nine four uh, below. Well, was, now we know why. Yeah, now I was we like, know why. I was like, I was about to like try to figure out why that even made sense at all. But apparently, if the track did get a little bit sh shorter, I guess that would explain it logically. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess you'd like to say training in the off season, um, mm -hmm. or whatever. They're but, getting so much better that each yeah. year the teams are improving. <laughs> I mean, that's what you'd like to see. But if the track did get yeah. shorter, and I trust to do, then I guess that is what it is. 
Um, so no, no thought there. But um, let's talk about the course itself. Let's see what we got here. Um, uh, we like we said, we always do. We rate out of ten. So, um, Waff, I mean, what are you thinking looking at this course and where where are you going with all of it? The turns are probably some of the smoothest we have seen this season. Like this racing is very smooth. Not a whole lot of sudden stops. Like it's all very it flows very very well. The the fact that the Cobalt's like like it's cool that Royal was the one winning it. Like that's very unique. But the fact that one marble was leading the entire time basically kind of took away a lot of the enjoyment from some of it. But I, the aesthetic, though, I will say, I love the giant little, like, quote-unquote, beehive, that little lantern thing, and all the marbles and the honeycombs around. Like, aesthetically... Oh, is someone knocking at my door? I also, I'll be back. Well, I guess I'll pick up here. I do want to mention a couple things. Um, number one, the hive didn't improve at all. It's the same length and the same kind of boring feature. But uh, that's okay. Um, but another thing that was fun is that, that that bee dance part that Greg likes to mention, that bee, that part where it was like the two figure eights. I really enjoyed that because um, that's a way, that's a show of create, that's a show of true creativity in from JMR's perspective because you know, I always talk about the. I really uh, want the track to really, really represent the location it's speaking of and the theming and everything. And one of the best ways to do it is to really have the track uniquely be formed around the idea of what the theming is. So for bees, you kind of when you think of like bees and honeycombs in their hives, you think of a lot of patterns and a lot of movement, but movement within a kind of a, kind of a particular type of repeating pattern because you know honeycombs have that idea you know like all these bees working together doing similar things all the hexagons kind of making a pattern so it, it kind of gives off that vibe it gives off that that uh that aura to it and so when you see this kind of very um this repetitive section that's dancing back and forth when making and it makes a giant figure eight shape it really does bring out the vibe of like a honeycomb kind of bee kind of place you almost can imagine bees going up and down and up and down doing what they're doing and that runs it really well um and then when all the marbles are all on the track there it looks like a bunch of busy bees not all not all spread out in the line or whatever so that was really cool i thought that was really good um uh creative track design theming is pretty good all the hexagons and then one marble per hexagon i think is wonderful there in the middle i think that giant lantern beehive is nice I think the hive itself part could be a lot longer or take up a couple different more spaces of the track. I still don't understand why that's not possible. Like why that wouldn't, it would just be nice, but I mean, they don't, that's okay. But some of the theming, even though it wasn't necessarily the biggest amount of theming we've seen, the theming was smart and chosen very well and looked really good. Um, and really brought out that beehive feel to the course. Like I really felt like this is like, if I went to buzz pig or whatever the town is, that I would be, this is a track that I would feel like the bumblebees themselves would make. So that was really fun to see. Um, I think Waff's really talking to someone there in the background. But additionally, um, uh, as far as rating goes for the track, the track itself was pretty cool. You know, you had the, the whole dance in there, and then you had that one tough bank at the end, which kind of gives a sharp corner, which does also give, like, a bee feeling somehow. It just really, this, this course really gave the feeling of, like, a beehive. Um, so I would really give this one a 9 out of 10. The racing was fun. Royal got off to a lead, and the JMR did a good job with their camera work to keep the race exciting, even though Royal was out in front, because they just focused on Bumble and everything going on behind, which was still a very crowded race, even though... <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> uh... 
the Cobalt's kind I'm of starting to run away. So all over, all around good. And again, so Waff's here and here's me. I'm going to go with a 9 out of 10 on this a one. A 9 out Wow. That, I came, I missed a lot. I put... Yeah, I get a big fan of a lot of the different small things that this course uh, represented. So Waff, why don't you... Uh... Um, yeah, well, uh, okay, shoot. So, um, yeah, I love the, how smooth the racing is, and I do like the aesthetic of it. Um... But I it, I think it was kind of killed by like uh you know like Royal just being the main lead the entire time. But I did enjoy some of the the fighting between some of the marbles. The recoveries were very chaotic. Uh, I love I love Bumble once again proving that the host curse doesn't exist. I love the story getting fifth, a whole lot. So I would but um yeah but it's it's, it's well, it still doesn't feel like it's a big standout race to me. So maybe maybe seven, seven or eight, seven point five. <laughs> right, that's fair. Um, I'm gonna go to the track list and the uh, section. So apparently, season two was thirteen point eight three meters. Season three was thirteen point two six. So a little bit shorter does account for about that half to full second general average uh, increase in speed. Um, mm. So, so yeah, things kind of rolled out kind of as you expected. By the way, Royal in the main race had a fastest lap of 25 seconds. I'm just seeing here. 25 seconds. That's ridiculous. Um, and that's I'm just the- seeing Discord. EG was right. The battle for second and third was, was pretty good. Like that, yeah. I won't deny that. That was a very good fight there. Yeah. So, but um, but overall, uh, it was a fun course and honestly a fun race. And I think it really uh, the track itself really represented what a beehive would be like if they made a course. Sure. And that's what oh, the um, bee, the bee dance or the waggle as no, it, yeah, like, I love it, the names. It, it was wonderful. Um, I I don't know. I just thought it was all it was creative in a lot of ways. But again, it would get a mm-hmm. ten points if they actually extended that hive or put it in a different part. So it was a lot of it. But whatever. Let's look at standings here. Um, I guess this is the oh, last yo, thing. dude! I just had a great idea. Imagine that little hive lantern. If they cut a hole for a tunnel and they raced through it, I don't know it. why they don't do that stuff. Because you realize that would have like, been so cool. It's like ten minutes to make that happen, right? You realize that it takes ten minutes of their time to add that. I mean, like, just cut a hole, cut a hole with safety scissors. I mean, come on, I, I don't understand, but they just choose not to. But yeah, that would be really fun. But um. Uh, in any event, um, let's take a look at standings here. I'm trying to get current standings for where's current standings for teams here. So crazy cat size, arrangers and cobalts and balls of chaos, not in your top three anymore because it was such a big change. Yeah. From the cobalts killing it to the balls of chaos. Not so much that you're, you kind of have more of a top four. Um, again, team galactic, fifth and everything below is going to kind of sit there for a while i think but it, it's mm-hmm. been um it's just really cool to me when i look at the standings because you just see so many teams that don't really belong in the top 10 if you were watching let's say marby the one season one that are there primary thunderbolts not really thunderbolts more primary bumblebees mini maniacs momo does not belong at six normally like season one let's be real cobalt but season two momo was a lot better yeah, this, but, but, this but my point, but th- I'm just going off my point from last week that we're getting a real, really getting to that maybe that new era where teams mm-hmm. are starting to shift around. Look at the Savage Speeders, the Midnight Wisps, and the and the uh, Green Ducks and the Hazers just all like struggling about, in yeah. the bottom. And just, it is it is really interesting that all the flip. Um, 
It is. It's crazy. Seeing the Savage Speeders that low. Like, after, like, especially after Marble Like, I wonder, like, like, why this, what, what is so different about this year for them? Are they just tired? Are they, get, are they, are they hitting that point where they might need to consider retiring so they can end on a high note? Wait, I'm getting a possibly important phone call, so just keep talking for a second while I see All right, you got it. I'll, I'll keep talking about the Savage Speeders here. Yeah, like, but yeah, like, I do wonder, like, at some point, like, like, the Savage Speeders are one of the most, are, are one of the most popular teams, probably only second in terms of fan base to o Rangers, and they're so synonymous with the channel and all that stuff, but I do wonder if at some point they should retire soon-ish, that way they, they can end on a high note instead of, like, you know, fizzling out and, like, dying with a whimper. Like, I don't know, like, like it, you kind of reflect, again, more, like, real-life sports, like how, like, yeah, like, just over time, like, cause like, like MFA mentioned this, like, oh, oh, maybe over a year ago or something. Like, over time, marbles acquire micro damage. They just from like balancing against each other over time. Some of these like fit things like fidget spinner collision, for instance, like definitely took out some chips of some of them. I'm sure, like it's affected these marbles over time, and eventually they're probably gonna get so worn out that they're not gonna be able to perform as good as they did in the past, and it might be time for them to actually step down, and that. That's not just for the Savage Beaters. Maybe someday that applies to O-Rangers, too, which is a weird thing to think about. Like, imagine that. A JMR world without the Savage Speeders or the O-Rangers or Mellow Yellow and maybe even someday Team Momo. Momo's been on its uptrend recently, so I don't think that's happening to them anytime soon. But just imagine that. Imagine that world. I can't believe Brennan's missing this because I think he would have so much fun, fun to say. But maybe it's a good thing he's not here because we're running really long. And if he was here, we would just be going on and on and on. So this might be a good discussion actually for next week's episode. I think this would be a fun discussion point, especially since we're still we're gonna wait for M1 to come back, and you know who knows how long that's gonna take. Uh, but yeah, like, I would love to hear. I guess like your guys' thoughts. Like email in about that uh, if you would like. Just you know see. Like, what your thoughts on are, like, not just, like, the Savage Speeders, uh, but also, like, Marble retirement in general. Like, not, like, but, like, different from retirements that we've seen, like, where teams were just doing poorly, but more like a team that has a high pedigree, and, like, if it's just time for them to basically, like, they, like, aged out of the system almost. <laughs> I think that'd be a very interesting thing to explore. This is a very long phone call, Brendan. I'm quite surprised. Another pretty good result for what for wisps crash down on the belt. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Wh the wisps. The wisps have been very, very strange. Like, uh, I hate to say it, but was that like I need I need to look at the stats again. But like, the wisps have not been doing quite well recently. And like, it's weird. It's very strange. And weird. I see that very Brendan has strange. returned. Good thing like, that um, I had the weird urge to mid-podcast answer that particular phone call because it was relatively important, so I got something sorted yeah. out. Sorted well, out I had some, to well, don't, like, I, you don't have to worry about cutting it because I had some very interesting discussion points. Like, You need to listen back because we we'll discuss this in the next week's episode. I think it would be very interesting to talk about. Give me a quick summary right so I understand. Oh. So I was talking about like how maybe someday uh, the Savage Speeders might need to be retired like you know, so they in a high note because like, mm -hmm. the more they, they race, the quote-unquote older they get or out of role play the more damage they get so the less well the performance so it might be a good idea for them and even other teams to one day retire to end their legacy on a high note um 
Ooh, that's a whole episode right there. But... Yeah, that, that is a whole episode. That's why we can't talk about it now. <laughs> I'm going to give you my initial opinion, and I'm going to give you initial, unfiltered, raw, inorganic, whatever you want to call it, just kind of unthought-through opinion on this. And right. um, and then for a different episode, when it's slow, we'll, we can dive into this more. But here's what I really think about this. So um, I see these teams in marble sports like I see teams in other sports leagues where... Mm-hmm. The team itself never retires. Like, for example, you want to talk oh, about that's the a good Eagles point. in the in the football or something like that, or the Mets in baseball. They there's never no Mets or Eagles. Um, or if you're like a, a, a around the world person, like I don't know, soccer, like Brazil soccer. There's never no Brazil soccer, but the players go in and out all the time. And I think that better for the lore would be something where the players at some point retire and then they have something where they Mm. continue their little legacy or they become coaches or they become um, kind of veterans who can get their own space watching or uh, in the coach's box or like, okay, somehow we're still integrated, but they're sitting back because they're done and they've already put their stuff up, leaving room for new Savage Beaters, leaving room for new Arrangers, leaving room for new Gladding Glaciers. I don't know why they picked that team. That team's not old yet. Leaving room for new Mellow Yellows. And imagine how useful that would be for a team like the Limers where the old is not very good at all. (laughs) You're not wrong. But that's a cool idea. I didn't think about that. Yeah, like that's a whole, this is a whole, we gotta stop here. We're gonna be going for a while if we keep going. We gotta stop. Yeah, so we're gonna end on that. But again, the Honey Dome was good. The Honey Dome just just continued to move forward. That top four, the top three that we had before, we see Yellow Eye and we see the crazy cat size and we see the O'Rangers continuing to do what we saw last week. Again, balls of chaos up and down and we talked about that, but there's still to keep an eye on. We had a good course. We addressed term. We addressed emails a lot in this episode. Hope you enjoyed. Waff, take us out and we'll roll with y'all next time. All right. Roll on, Marble Sports fans. Oh, 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 oh,